Well, hello and good afternoon, Xbox Nation. Welcome to today's brand new episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Boomstick XL, and we have an outstanding show prepared for you here today. Uh, we are down, well, we're down two members right now, but I think one should be here momentarily. Zemi Games, Zemi the Brave, as you may know him, uh, had to take off today because he's doing some family stuff. And he also, while training for Halo Master Chief, might have sprained his trigger finger, Joe. We may have to carry him in our match against Green Pass Gaming this Saturday at 3 p.m., 3.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, but you know what? Let's get into the rest of the introductions. I think sure. that, um, uh, you know, our good friend Boxer Bear, uh, <laughs> who, where he, who he's known for right now. This uh, video my, is so distracting, Boom. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, is, it is distracting. It's, it, see, that's the human uh, llama guy. This, this is footage from the, the llama killing game that... <laughs> It that looks like available. as you're talking, the guy is also talking. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so, it's, mm-hmm. it's, oh, yeah. It's, uh, but we do have a guest with us, so we'll, uh, we'll get to him in a second. Um, we actually have a, a, a developer who, who has something to, to talk about with the ID tech and whether or not that is the true exclusive for this deal, Joe. Uh, but let's get into the introduction. Joe, we'll start with you. You dropped an incredible new episode of the Trophy Room today. Welcome to the program. Thanks for being here, brother. And uh, how you been? Dude, I've, I'm doing pretty damn good. And yeah, we dropped a new episode just today. Um, really fun talking PlayStation, especially when there's stuff to actually talk about. So, but now listen, I got my Xbox wireless headset. So nice. I'm here to talk Xbox right now. Yes, you, you are. I mean, sir. so I'm doing yes, good. I'm only here for a little bit, but you know what? I'm here to talk all the greatest while I'm here. Well, listen, the game that you see in front of you uh, is called Vala, uh, and obviously it's about shooting llamas. Uh, It's currently available for free if you are an Xbox Gold subscriber. It's one of the games. It's a top-down co-op twin-stick shooter, and quite frankly, it is hilarious. It's also extremely gory. Uh, If you have a problem with killing llamas, then this game is not for you. You'll see momentarily as they drop me in hot as I pilot this mech that looks kind of like uh, something with four legs and just a lot of guns. You'll see that momentarily. But let's get into the rest of the in- uh, the introductions. Uh, VJ, uh, one of the most well-spoken, well-thought <coughs> individuals on this program. Welcome back, bro. How you doing? Um, morning, Boom. Morning, everyone. Um, I'm having a rare cup of coffee today, Boom, as I've not had a <laughs> I've not had a very good sleep uh, night of sleep. So apologies uh, in advance if I come across a little. Uh, non-compass mentors today. Not in the right frame of mind, but uh, I'll do my best. Oh, I, I, I don't doubt it. That is for sure. But let's get into the next introduction. Uh, you know him as someone that may know a thing of three about the MCU. He's also someone in the business currently of developing content on a regular basis. Please welcome back to the show, 3-Bit. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, Boom. Uh, it's a good week for Xbox. It is constantly just turning out news it's awesome to see kirby here because while i know things are in the animation side and i've worked with some developers kirby he is a genius <laughs> when it comes to like tech so i'm really excited what he has to say with some of the tech and um it's gonna be a great show so let's get started 
Well, yeah, thanks so much for being here, brother. Definitely appreciate it. And, uh, you know, listen, yeah, you know what? Speaking of, of guests, um, we have someone here today that I asked to be here specifically because just yesterday he happened to be talking about some of the collaborations he believe is going to be happening with the ID Tech. Now, the ID Tech, if you don't know, is what runs Doom Eternal. Uh, it is a very powerful engine. Uh, and now that Microsoft is, is uh, the owner uh, of Bethesda, and uh, of course, with that comes all of these extra bells and whistles with the engines. I, I think, and I believe Kirby thinks, that we could see some collaborations with first party using said ID tech, but we're going to get into that in a second. Kirby, welcome to the program, brother. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Um, I hope my mic's working. Uh, yeah, I no, you a, sound good. I had a little trouble there. Um, for some reason, the Xbox headset doesn't like to play nice with my PC right now. You know something? Joe was just saying yeah, that. He was saying yeah. that he was having trouble connecting. Yeah. You're coming in a little bit loud, but don't worry about it. All right. If if you can fix it, go for it. But if you can't, don't even don't even worry about it. Cause yeah, I'm having the I'm having the same issues. I just if it's a new wireless one, I'm yeah. It's a little bit of trouble getting that up uh, up and running on PC. Sorry, take it away. Yeah, no, no. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, listen, you know, we're, we're here to speak to truth. And obviously, if it, uh, it's been getting good reviews. Not sure if that's going to need an update of some sorts to get to work on the PC. But from what we understand from many people that have reviewed it, it working on the uh, uh, Xbox Series X and S is flawless. It literally collects, uh, connects automatically and everyone's enjoying it. Mine is on the way. Uh, you might actually hear. Uh, because I'm still, you know, I, I, unlike the kind of funny guys who have a studio, one day maybe boom will, uh, you're going to probably hear UPS ring the bell. And if they do, well, folks, listen, here's the thing. I have to answer the door so someone on this panel will take over for me while I run to get my new headset because I've been waiting and I can't, you know, obviously want to get that and do my review for a uh, constant gamer website, which I'm going to be doing later on. But as you can see, again, from the footage, this game is gory uh, and you're killing lots of llamas. I see, Joe, you, you, you're mess. <laughs> Mesmerized by the violence, I can I can tell. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? We, we are waiting for Archimedes. Hopefully, he'll get here. Um, I I think there might have been a, a misunderstanding or confusion with the time change that here in the U.S. we had. I don't know if they've had it yet in the U.K., but we'll we'll get it all sorted out. But yeah, what I want to in thirty minutes. Uh, oh, say, okay. So there yeah. you go. Thank you. I do. I do want to open up with some so a little bit of bites and bits, if you will. Um, and you know, something happened the other day. Uh, I don't know. I think Monday something happened with Xbox. I think that was kind of big. Uh, not only did we get the announcement of Outriders uh, being put into Game Pass day and date, which is incredible, uh, we got word that Octopath Traveler uh, the next day was going to be uh, brought to the service that was obviously an exclusive to the Nintendo Switch and PC, currently still $60. Um, but something happened on Wednesday that kind of got me excited, kind of got the panel excited, and I think the, the a lot of people were running with rabid speculations. Now, Square Enix took to Twitter... And they screencapped um, all of the games coming to Xbox Game Pass this week. And what they simply typed in is seven pairs of emoji eyeballs. Now, now on the surface, we ask, well, what does this mean? What, 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 could, what could they be implying? 
Well, of course, because I like to take a trip down you know, speculation town every now and again, you know, taking the bus through there, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice place to hang out. Many people in the community, and I, I was definitely one of them, believe that this was a, an assumption, a suggestion, a possibility, a Hail Mary, whatever you want to call it, that the long-awaited Final Fantasy VII Remake is not only dropping soon for Xbox, because as you know, a PlayStation had the one-year exclusive, but it's dropping into Xbox Game Pass day and date of its release. Now, Joe, I'll start with you. Am I looking too much into this, or am I onto something? No, I, I think they definitely did that on purpose. So, so yeah, no, that that's that's a PR thing, if I've ever seen it in my life. And if if it isn't, then someone take my communications degree away from me because <laughs> seven pair of eyeballs. Yep. And, uh, you might say, "Well, technically, fourteen. No, 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 no. I don't believe that for one second. I want my Xbox friends to experience Final Fantasy VII remake, and whether it's on Game Pass or not, yeah, it only makes sense that this comes to Xbox. I would not be surprised though. That integrate like the the next gen version isn't like uh, you know it, it, it's exclusive for you know whatever bullshit PlayStation does. Um, so like I, I bet it's just like the Xbox One version and not series. But nonetheless, whatever it is, I'm really happy because that that game looks beautiful. Whether it's like the one or series like HDified version, both of them are gonna look and run great. So yeah, I think this is a thing. Yeah, you know, and I agree. I, I think I think uh, not only do I agree with you, uh, you know, it's weird uh, because obviously Sony uh, has been pushing the new story with Tifa, right? Um, there's been uh, there's been some you know there's been some notifications about the upgrade for the PlayStation Five version of it. Uh, would it surprise me if that particular version stayed? Uh, PlayStation 5, I actually would be a little supply, uh, surprised, but potentially disappointed simply because, wow, I mean, you're going to you're going to keep the next gen version behind a paywall. I mean, or behind a deal that I, I again, who knows what, what, what the deal is? We, we're we're going to know momentarily. And again, we don't even know if it's true. We're, right now, we're simply deducting you know, based on what has dropped, you know, obviously there seems to be some sort of goodwill going on with Square Enix and Microsoft. So who knows at this point, Joe, but you do make a lot of sense. Um, let's get a three bits opinion on this three bit. Are we crazy or do you think Final Fantasy seven is going to be the next big Square Enix uh, title to be announced? Uh, I think you guys could keep bad bits degree. <laughs> I, I do think it, it has something. There's something going on there. And interestingly enough, today it's supposed to be the Avengers next gen update. Uh, yes. And and all these Square Enix games are currently on sale right now. Um, 100 gigs for that Xbox upgrade. Ooh, Thanks. that's going to hurt a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's 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 almost been a year or, or so uh, since Final Fantasy VII. Um, so I, I maybe even longer than that. I I think yeah, <laughs> I think it makes sense. The seven emojis can be referencing like Final Fantasy VII. Uh, but I, I think you said it was seven, right? Seven, seven, I, seven pairs of eyeballs. Oh, that yeah. was it. Was that was it? It was it. Nothing. No words. Just eyeballs. Yeah, I think that can be referencing Final Fantasy VII for sure. I think it's good timing to put a bunch of your Final Fantasy games on sale to get people invested into the Final Fantasy games, especially on the Xbox, right, where uh, it's going to be brand new for them. And then later, 
uh, show them like, hey, here's Final Fantasy VII. It was a PlayStation exclusive. Now it's on here. And uh, that's just good marketing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I do think it's possible. Well, I mean, listen, there's, there's no doubt about it that <clears throat> um, this, is, uh, this is a big game. Whether you are a Final Fantasy fan, so Final Fantasy VII for me is it's my favorite uh, of, of all of the Final Fantasy VII, uh, uh, you know that they've released. Um, I tried eight, not a big fan. Nine, I know a lot of people love ten. Uh, me, seven is where it's at. The remake, I didn't finish it. I, I got about maybe a quarter through it, and then of course, you know, I just started playing something else. Um, I will definitely be looking forward to playing this. Um, I would like to believe that, of course. If uh, there is a next gen version available, that I would be able to play that version. But I think Joe's right when he says that it, on its own merits, Final Fantasy VII Remake looks fantastic with an next gen upgrade or otherwise. Also, just breaking news. Uh, so everybody here knows, probably in the chat, they've been yelling. I don't know. Uh, Xbox indie event March 26th. More than 25 indie games, including Stalker 2 and more. New indie games coming oh, to Game Pass as well. Nice. Well, that's that's fantastic news. And you know something? We'll, we'll get into that because Stalker 2, uh, folks, is not only huge on the PC. Uh, I don't know if we've ever had a Stalker on, P- on consoles, right? I, I don't think we've ever had one. And based on that trailer that, that they put uh, a, couple of, a couple of months ago, it looked fantastic. I mean, it looked really, really good. And uh, I, I honestly, you know what's going to be great about this? I hope that with this uh, over 25 games that we're going to be seeing, we get a couple of release dates. Or you know, like or or, or something. Like day and day, it's yeah, here right now. Yeah, yeah, get, get, yeah get, get, let us know when <gasps> Hades. Give me Hades or give oh, me death, dude. man. Yeah, Jesus. Hades. I'm, I'm, play, I'm, play, I'm playing that currently on the Switch. <laughs> yeah, uh, great, great, fantastic game. Fantastic, just font so small. You know, yeah, so that's the font why, like, is small. It is. Get, put put that on the TV. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but let uh, um, Kirby. Let's let's get your opinion on this, brother. Uh, Kirby. Listen, you're here for the development aspect of this conversation, which we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start talking in a bit. We're just waiting for everyone to kind of file in. Are you a Final Fantasy fan? And would uh, this be a big deal for Xbox Game Pass? A- another reason why to, to subscribe to the service. So I ha- have tried uh, the Super Nintendo Final Fantasies, and I definitely liked those. I. I mean, I've I've played some Final Fantasy VII a little on through emulation. I wasn't like the biggest fan in the world of it, um, just because of the kind of dated 3D graphics um, compared to the the older kind of refined 2D ones. But I mean, it was it was. I mean, I'm still looking forward to at least you know giving the remake a chance. Okay. So. And I think it'll be great if it comes into Game Pass. Um, uh, as we just saw, what was it, over the last couple of days, more and more developers are coming out and saying, no, Game Pass is great. It, uh, it, it, it you know, makes us a ton of money, lets us do all this stuff, and uh, increases, what's it called? Um, not interactivity, but... Uh, well, I mean, obviously it gets eyes to the game, for sure. Right, right. It, it gets... It, gets the game more you know attention and that is a good thing for you know the developers so i'm all for it coming to game pass if it happens 
Yeah. I, you know what? Again, fingers crossed, because obviously, you know, when you get, you know, listen, if I were to tweet seven eyeballs because I might have heard something, you say, yeah, that guy's a fraud. I don't believe him for a second. But when Square Enix does it, you got to scratch your head and you got to, you know, pull the pin and pray, so to speak. Uh, VJ, let's get your opinion on this. You know, you you are someone that worked in retail, uh, so you understand what it takes to drive excitement towards a product yeah. uh xbox right now has been the hottest thing uh in uh since sliced bread that you pulled out of the oven for sure um and uh, they've added some big square enix games now when i say big i don't necessarily mean triple a budgeted i'm talking about you know outriders is a big that's a that's a big get i don't care what anyone says whether you fancy the game or you don't it's a big get it's a big it's one of the biggest games to release in 2021 that's mm-hmm. a multi-plat uh, and then of course uh we get the news on tuesday that octopath traveler which by the way if you're an old school jrpg fan and you've been waiting for a game like this so you can spend you know drop 40 50 60 70 hours into a game this is for you it's phenomenal i have it for the switch like i said it's still a 60 a 60 dollar uh, game anywhere you go which is bananas again coming to game pass day and date when it launches on consoles now we have suspicion and of course a lot of it is theory based for you is this another exclamation point to game pass being the greatest thing since sliced bread if final fantasy 7 <clears throat> drops um i know we're speculating here so just just so you know my my position as a fan on final fantasy i've played most of them and uh, i've played a few of them in japanese because i just couldn't wait for the um, for the western launch and i've lost count of how many times on various different podcasts over the over the last several months um, that I've been pining and requesting for Final Fantasy VII Remake and uh, and even Judgment from Sega, for that matter, to appear in Game Pass. And I, for one, would be very pleased to see if uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake um, in Game Pass you know, arrives on April 12th. I'm really disappointed that Freebit free bit didn't know the original release day. I'm going to have to have a word of him after the show. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, as I say, I'll be more than pleased um, if uh, if it arrives in Game Pass, and more so if uh, if the panel um, actually experience at least some of the, the fun, this fantastic game. And I know you have been the creativity alone that lies within the game that is that that has to be experienced, I believe. And um, by you know, and I, and it hasn't been so, hasn't been done so right by an adequate by an, an adequate enough number. Of gamers uh, from from a selfish point of view, of course. So, but for me, in in Final Fantasy VII Remake, it really did show me glimpses of uh, of what SquareSoft was like when they were when they were at their absolute best um, in the past. For me, for me at least. So, I'm, I've got high hopes for Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two when, whenever that drops. But I think the telling thing here, Boom, is that perhaps Sony offering Final Fantasy VII Remake to its PlayStation Plus members uh, this month is a way of heading off yet another strategic, classy, shrewd, or whatever you want to do, call it, right? And and a passive and not an aggressive, you know, Americanized way to illustrate the benefits of, of Game Pass. A strategy and a blueprint and an approach I have been talking about on various shows for at least six months, sometimes to no avail, and, and for certainly until I'm blue in the face. And, and and we won't go into all of that, you know, because everyone's got a varied opinion on that. But I'm hoping that come April 12th, uh, Xbox announce its uh, inclusion in Game Pass uh, with a patch next-gen enhancements, um, overcoming the issues that, that plagued the PS4 version. I, again, listening to what you guys are saying and, and, and from what has been announced, I, I'm sure... 
I'm not sure if those enhancements are, are more likely to come in June along with the PS5's, you know, sort of um, um, increase in, I think it's going to be in June, right, when they have a, a better... I believe so, yeah, it's in the summer. Textures ...and frame rate enhancements. But then again, I, I'm not technical enough here to sort of really answer this, but perhaps, you know, with the architecture within the Series X, perhaps does give it a boost uh, in, in some shape, way, or form without those enhancements. I don't know. Let's let's wait and see and let's hope. I know we're speculating here, so I know I'm sort of already – I've already, like, signed the deal off. Or so, 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 <laughs> but I, but I, I don't see a reason as to why this deal can't be completed or done or a solution found if, indeed, Game Pass wants to be a shining light example and the peak of perfection, I would say, amongst its rivals – and and those that will you know that I'm not saying today, but that will eventually emerge. And I'm not just talking about Sony and Nintendo. I've been looking around, and I think there's a couple of others plotting and planning. But perhaps that's for, for another podcast. If if it happens, um, Final Fantasy VII Remake um, will I think greatly entice new, a new subscriber base. Um, and you know, and it's, and it's purely from a selfish inward looking perspective anyway and I, I know it's speculation but i've actually really enjoyed this topic so thanks very much Boom. no 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 definitely no problem listen first of all let me just grab uh two new channel members uh which is awesome uh raw 89 becomes a channel member raw thanks not only for being here brother big but for supporting double barrel gaming and we had just one pop in just a second ago jonathan lopez what's up dude welcome to here comes the boom definitely want to say thank you for looking to support Double Barrel Gaming. And I just want to kind of just segue into something. Uh, I obviously have a Patreon as well. And I'm going to be honest with you, folks. It, uh, I, I, I have about 22 or 23 people that subscribe to Patreon. And, of course, you know, I've been doing it for about, about a year and a half or two years. And um, I, I just want people to – I want to get, kind of put, put this out there. I'm going to message everyone privately, give you the heads up. But I'm going to be shutting down the Patreon. Uh, and the reason why I'm shutting it down is because I, with four shows uh, that I produce weekly, I'm finding it harder and harder to be able to pay attention to Patreon and offer something special uh, for the for the members outside of just digital um, gift cards is what we've been offering. So what I'm going to do is at, at the at the end of the month, I'm going to shut it down. And if you still want to support Double Barrel Gaming, um, I added a second tier to membership is a five and a ten dollar so if you want to if you want if you want to redirect the, the um you know your support to double barrel gaming it's much easier for me as a content creator who produces four live shows weekly sometimes five like this week was five live shows to be able to focus on the tools that are available for me through youtube as opposed of to me not paying attention because the last thing I want anyone to think is, oh, I'm just collecting money for the F of it because that's not, in fact, the case. Uh, but, you know, obviously when I can have everything in one location, it's much easier to work and, I, and, and get contests and get giveaways going from one location, not having to pay attention to to two different locations. So I'm going to be shutting it down in hopes that the people that are there supporting me in Patreon will then obviously redirect that to potentially supporting me here on just, you know, chat through channel membership. So I want to thank everybody for that, but I do want to move on to the topic. And, and this topic is the reason why I asked uh, Kirby Louise to be here. Um, you know, with this big Bethesda deal, right? 
it's easy to get lost in how many studios they have, right? They got eight new studios, right? And it's also easy to get lost in, well, it's now it's Fallout and it's and it's and it's all these IPs that we love. It's Doom, it's Dishonored, it's Prey. We know we have you know the Elder Scrolls, but sometimes, and I and I and I and I obviously am, am to blame for this as well. We only look at these deals from the surface level. Right, like immediately the flashing light, you know that that grabs our attention. But there's something that um, I wanted to bring up in a conversation, and and when I wrote the show notes, it was really just a very simple question, and and I have to immediately go to Kirby Louise because if you don't know his history, he is someone that you know is developing um, some some you know some engines for both the Xbox and the Switch. And who better to get information on what the ID tech is and what it can actually do um, for the Xbox uh, moving forward and their first party? So, Kirby, the the you know to keep this short and sweet uh, in regards to the questioning, um, has Doom Eternal's ID tech become the real exclusive for Xbox moving forward? And will first party take advantage of this incredible tech? And could it be a game changer? for all of the Xbox first party titles. So I definitely think that it is one of the big um, gets from the Bethesda acquisition. Um, Id Tech is, has had a long history um, of, uh, how, how do I put this, put, you know, bringing uh, industry leading technologies uh, to, in terms of all aspects of a game engine between rendering, performance, uh, features, physics, etc., etc. And and it currently still is, as it is one of the top tier DX12 and Vulkan, which are the two best uh, Windows and console graphics APIs on the market. Uh, oh shit, what was I going to say? Um, it could some of the technology that is used in it could be um, shared between other Xbox game studios to help improve what they have in uh, their engines or their port of Unreal or whatever they're using to develop their games with. And that's that is really a big win for um, Microsoft because I mean, have you like Doom Eternal is like. The sing I think it's like the single AAA game that actually is capable of fulfilling NVIDIA's claims that the RTX 3090 can game at 8K at 60 frames per second because it's so well optimized. Like everything else isn't even close, but nope, Doom Eternal can can do 8K on the 3090 and, and also the 6900 XT as discovered by Linus Tech Tips. So um, it is definitely one of the best engines out there, and if they can leverage that technology as well as improve upon it and say id Tech 8 with uh, full DirectX 12 Ultimate support, DLSS 2, AMD Fidelity FX Super Resolution, DirectML, Velocity Architecture, all the great features that are built into the next-gen PC and console architectures, then it's going. we're going to have some pretty nice running and looking games in the future. Yeah, I mean it, it's pretty interesting. Uh, again, when you when like because uh, I I can bring up the footage of, of what I have re- recorded for Doom Eternal, and it just looks like a complete masterpiece running on the X. And to think that the speed 
and the graphics and everything that goes along with the ID tech could potentially find its way to, um, you know, a, a, for a Microsoft first party is, is, is super, super exciting. But let me ask you this. If you had a choice of using the ID, ID tech or Unreal Engine 5, uh, uh, which, which one would you go with? Um, I would probably, I mean, well, first I would probably pick my own engine, but if I, if I had to use, if I had to, yeah, Void 2D and Void 3D for the win, but if I had to pick between those two, um, honestly, it would probably be down to which one supports the features I, I want or need, which I think at this point is most likely Unreal 5. Mm, it's just because okay. in Tech 7, um, is it's a much older you know it started development i don't and um and then we had a release game with it on doom eternal in 2020 whereas uh unreal 5 isn't even out yet and it's it's scheduled for 2021 with fortnite i believe is its launch game and then yeah uh hellblade 2 is going to use it uh in exiles whatever game is going to use it and i think a couple others um obviously coalition's going to probably use it for year six um but it's simply because it's it was created in a, at a later you know date, it's going Unreal Five would most likely have the features that I am interested in over ID Tech um, Seven, a theoretical ID Tech Eight. Like I said, that's unknown. But I would probably go with Unreal Five thanks to Nanite mesh shading, uh, sampler feedback support. As uh, Nvidia and Epic have demoed together, um, what else? Uh, they'll probably start supporting direct storage, velocity architecture uh, soon. Um, so yeah, that would be my pick between ID Tech or Unreal Five. I mean, uh, are they currently working on the uh, uh, ID Tech Eight? I I mean, I would have to assume they are. Um, yeah, they're always improving, but I mean. When I said ID Tech Eight, it's just I added one to it. It's just a theoretical whatever id software's next engine is, and I would hope it would it would have the whole nine yards in terms of DX12 Ultimate and Velocity and DLSS and et cetera support. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously, listen, you you work with the engines. You know, you're working on your own engine, so you you really do know the uh, the technical talk, Joe. For you. Um, is Joe, yeah, Mr. Ba oh, he stepped away for a second. Uh, let, let's get a, a three bit. Three bit, are you there? I am here. Okay. What well, what what are your thoughts on on the uh, the the question of the day? It has the has Doom Eternal's engine become the real um, exclusive for Xbox? I think the engine ID Tech is one of my favorite engines out there. Um, it's it's like Kirby was saying, it's one of the best DX12 Vulcan type engines on the market. The next proprietary engine iteration of ID Tech Eight, uh, like I I can see them uh, using some of the new features that are in the newer consoles. Uh, you know, they always are consistently improving these things. They never stop. Like you, p people think that like. Epic is going to stop with Unreal Engine five. <laughs> no, I, I doubt it. it. It's not, even though it's not out yet, right? We can right. we can just pretty much uh, assume they're going to keep improving this thing. Um, but yeah, I, I believe the the next iteration of the, using ID Tech will will be an ID Tech game. It won't. I don't think other studios will use it right away. 
Um, I'd say most likely the next Doom installment or maybe uh, ID Tech is working on reinventing another franchise like Quake again or, or something like that. But considering Microsoft loves to share their technology between studios, I know at least one other studio is looking at ID Tech's engine and, and is salivating, wanting to use this thing. <laughs> and and I can't um, I, I can't imagine another genre within the engine right now, at least. Uh, a lot of these, um, a lot of what ID Tech uses is a lot of the games using it anyways, is first person. So I would love to see uh, what they can do with the engine and like a third person game and see how much they can push it from that. Even though it's just, you know, changing the camera, right? But I, I think... Um, I, I, th I do think it's the true exclusive and to answer your question. I, I do think there's a lot of amazing technology that did come with the ZeniMax deal. Um, we know about um, the Orion cloud technology, right? That came with the deal with ZeniMax, uh, which is pretty much a patented cloud streaming SDK that allows gaming to run at like these max settings, but with minimal bandwidth use usage. And um, so I, I believe that that will also push xCloud services even further, not to mention that on top of ID Tech, which is already such a extremely well-optimized engine. Um, and, the, and the scalability of these games are gonna be insane uh, when they pair up all of these different um, studios working together. Uh, it's gonna be amazing. Um, I, I would love to see uh, 343 really invest into the ID Tech engine at some point, or uh, I don't know. I would just love to see a Halo in, in ID Tech. Uh, that's just a, a dream um, of mine. And yeah, it, it looks like a, a great engine for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, um, no, can, so I was just going to mention uh, about ID Tech being used for other genres than like first person shooters or first person games in general. Sorry. Sometime back, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't exactly remember the details, but some PC players were using Cheat Engine or some, or some other debugging or memory mod program mm -hmm. to uh, force Doom Eternal and the, into a third person mode, and it works. Um, and it, it looks it looks a little strange, like when you're doing like the glory kills because it's those are intended to be like up close, like gory first person moves. But otherwise, it works pretty well, um, actually. Yeah. So that was impressive that there's a unused kind of third-person mode built in. So it's definitely possible. Oh well, that uh, that's interesting. Wow, third-person Doom. I, I, you know, I've been saying for years, I'd love a third-person Halo. I know I might, I might get booed in, in the chat by that, but I would love at least to try uh, Halo, at least a side story in third person for sure. Uh, real quick, Trapline in the chat drops a very generous five dollars super chat and says Google's. Elder Scrolls Legends, story-based card game by Bethesda, perfect for Xbox Game Pass. In fact, he, he says it's a hidden gem that never got a shot. Sounds interesting for sure. Uh, but listen, folks, as we close in on 450 people already here, um, what we're going to do as soon as we're done talking about the id tech, because I, I was corrected in the chat. I, I said ID tech. I really shouldn't have been calling it id tech, but does it really matter? Not really. But you know what? Thanks for the correction. Um, as soon as we're done talking about this, I'm going to pivot to the breaking news because I have the story in front of me. Normally, I won't do that.
because I like writing my own topics, but I'll read verbatim what Xbox Wire is saying because what they're saying has me excited because of the games that are going to be there. And what's even more interesting is that we're probably going to get release dates for every one of these games, uh, which is dope. Um, but Joe, are you back, sir? All right, Joe is not yeah, back not yet. Yeah. All right, so VJ, let's get let's get Joe. Oh, Joe, he might have. He said he was going to be here for forty minutes. He dropped out. Okay, so you know what, VJ, let's get your opinion on this. You know, obviously, the id tech is a big deal. Uh, it mm -hmm. has been a big deal for uh, for uh, Bethesda and Doom for years. And now Microsoft is going to be uh, they're not only the owners of it, but they are in a position where some of their first party games could mm -hmm. take advantage. Now, I don't necessarily know um, if uh, we'd see this 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 um, this tech move to, uh, to Halo, let's say for for whatever happens in Halo Infinite after what we're getting this November, simply because they're working on the Slipspace engine. So I don't know if that would be the case, but. Do you think that this could be could be viewed upon as one of the real exclusives for Xbox? Um, permission to speak extensively? Please, by all means, go crazy. Okay, so I don't profess to be as knowledge knowledgeable as our uh, uh, guest Kirby and our illustrious illustrious panel members in uh, Three Bit and Box and Bear when he actually decides to turn up. <laughs> so. so uh, I'll, I'll try to marshal my thoughts. Uh, and remember, this is like just general critical and observational thinking on my part. You know, none of this is f fact. But it was very interesting to listening to uh, to Three Bit and to, um, and to Kirby. So, look, from my experience, when you're developing a project, the, the coding team have to be frugal, prudent, and logical uh, when weighing up the sort of pros and cons, and they have to do it very carefully before deciding which commercial engine or internal engine, for that matter, if um, if they're that blessed, uh, to employ, or if, if something custom is required. The ID Tech, and um, Kirby's already said it, right, is incredibly specific and proprietary, and the couple of games that I've seen it being used for, is I think Machine Games used it for, for one of the um, Young Blood or uh, Wolfenstein games, and it's it's generally geared towards aggressive action, sort of first-person shooter tiles, from what I can glean. I'm I'm not a huge fan of Doom, but but I've I've played it a little bit, right? So, I mean, it could take an internal team. Uh, uh, ID software alone, six months to a year, right, to get up to s speed with a, a revised version of ID Tech game engine, and even longer to become fluent and optimum with it, right? That's why sometimes development uh, periods are so long uh, for certain specific games. It, again, it all depends on a studio's individual project, the requirements of said project, and how they want to invest their budget, and more so, I would say, is the, the resource in terms of manpower, how to deploy that and ultimately the time that's being given to a title because it has to hit a release date, right? And sometimes publishers will throw money at it, right? In order to hit a certain window. I I, I just mentioned uh, machine games because obviously with the Bethesda source deal being cemented, I've just been looking through all of their studios and so on and so forth and what they're up to. So and I, and I was noticed that machine games and Arcane have kind of sort of utilized or uh, the ID Tech 5, I think, or perhaps the 6, there's so many of them for specific games. However, Arcane specifically have hopped between Unreal, uh, the Void Engine, which I was surprised to realize uh, or find out that it was a heavy rewrite of the available ID tech at the time. I think it might have been five and so on and so forth, as no doubt insisted upon Zenimax at the time. And 
and then they switched um, to the CryEngine for one of their games, and then I think over a several-year period, uh, updated and reverted back to utilizing their custom Void Engine, obviously based on the ID tech, to bring their latest game to market in the guise of I think it's Deathloop. So, and because I was searching frantically just to see like you know which which game engine is Deathloop using, because I just couldn't find it for the life of me. So, so I did a bit of digging there, and. And obviously, we know that Deathloop's exclusive for the PS5, albeit at a limited time before it's optimized for the Series Series X and it hits Game Pass at no additional cost. Anyway, shameless plug out of the way. Th then you've got studios um, like Tango Softworks. They are, by all accounts, more than comfortable with the Unreal Engine since documentation and coder notes are, are in Japanese, an issue that I remember that took Epic and several third-party tools and middleware companies a, a very long time to resolve in order to be successful solution providers right to the Japanese and Asian uh, publishing studios and this is going back like almost 15 16 years so I mean just looking at Bethesda and the variety of games that they have and uh, and and uh, custom engines that they probably already employ at the various studios it perhaps clearly demonstrates uh, from an outsider looking in that one size does not fit all and it can be really difficult, in my experience, to adopt and adapt something unique as the um, um, ID tech or id tech or whatever, however people want to announce, pronounce it. Uh, especially, even if it's an internal technology and all the benefits that come with it, you know, with a shared tool set, right, um, under an umbrella of studios. Therefore, you know, again, in in the same sort of, in the same sort of. Um, uh, sort of stream of thought. There are sort of exceptions to the rule, but I'm trying to push those away from my mind at the moment. But as Kirby was saying, I, I would say uh, Unreal already exists, right? And is a better bet going forward for a vast majority of students because because it's simple fact, it's it's more supported and well-documented uh, option, right? For any developer along, I think probably with Unity, they both have huge communities, and I've stated sort of many times before, knowledge and solutions to problems can be just a few keystrokes away. And, and that, in turn, that peace of mind can allow for uh, creativity to flourish, right, more so in any given studio. For me, ID Tech 7 or 8 um, for definitely is a, is a unique selling point for ID software and the games that they make, right? That's why they're so renowned, right? So the issue sometimes I find, however, with, say, epic tech-based games is that I spot the Unreal, Unreal Engine a mile off, right? And, uh, and, and just from a way that a game looks, the way it's rendered, sometimes the way it turns in terms of how it anim uh, characters animate, and it, even down to sometimes how the, the menus work in a specific game. And I, just as an example, I spent like 50 hours in Obsidian's uh, Outer Worlds just, just this week. I'm nearly at the end of it. And besides being a fantastic experience, I, I often felt like I was playing Mass Effect and Bioshock, you know, based on based on the elements I've just Yeah, played. you did get that kind of feel, especially with the party members. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so look, n definitely um, for me, you know, um, in terms of all the first-party studios now at Microsoft or Xbox's disposal, incorporating ID Tech 7 or 8, it's, it's just, for me, it's just not necessary given that there's other options out there, better options, right? And and for me, it's really a case of perhaps I'm just really being selfish here, but I don't condone or prescribe to every game looking and feeling similar. That would be my biggest fear. Also, you can imagine, right, the impact or and ramifications it would have 
on ID Softworks as a studio and how it might hinder or erode the focus on the Doom franchise. And because I'm saying this because supporting one off-site internal team is hard enough, but 35 teams, you can just... Well, yeah, just, I, I don't think yeah. anyone would suggest that you're going to yeah. see more than a handful of teams use yeah. the tech. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, I, as as good as it is, I mean, there's there's numerous number of examples out out there, right? In terms of um, the, the the pros and cons of, of a situation like this, but ID te- ID software with ID Tech is already a huge plus for Xbox and anyone in the group who wants to make an aggressive first person shooter action game, um, as long as the supporting studio um, and the games that they're creating are not hindered or pressured anyway. I guess is what the, my point is, right? So for me, it's not the genesis or axis of creation, or at best, it's it's a questionable truth, a questionable truth. But striving to integrate the quality that ID Tech executes exudes would arguably be for me a more profitable or or gainful pursuit for each development studio under xbox and a better long-term experience for us gamers to look forward to and you only have to look across to to sony right in terms of the studios and offerings uh being a case in point no i mean you you make a lot you made a lot of great points as always uh vj for sure uh and again i I, nobody wants everything to be samey uh Mm. again doom is special because of the violence that comes behind it but it's it's doom and it and it really shows off the uh the id tech at its finest but it is pretty interesting at least for me uh knowing that that particular engine that has been renowned for years and con- and consistently gets upgraded to look better and better each time they do an upgrade to the uh, actual engine pretty- is pretty pretty impressive that that is a part of Microsoft. Someone in the chat, quite a few people in the chat said uh, the Orion engine. I mean, uh, the Orion uh, um, uh, uh, software. Now, I I guess that has to do with online. Uh, That's also, again, when you buy these companies that normally have been doing things on their own, they bring a lot of bells and whistles with them. And again, this this is why this, this particular purchase is such a big deal for uh for microsoft it's a big deal for bethesda and uh, i honestly can't wait to see what uh and who takes advantage of id tech first uh it's going to be very interesting real quick i just want to catch up with uh, with a couple of the super chats and we're going to move on to the breaking news and here's something interesting scrub nurse good friend of the show scrub nurse thank you so much for not only being here not only supporting double barrel gaming but dropping a five dollar super chat he says this does anyone know why Xbox is streaming the Square Enix Presents Spring 2021. Yeah, I could tell you why. Because they bought them. They just haven't announced it yet. <laughs> That's just my... Listen, folks, look, look. Here's the thing. I'm no psychic detective by any stretch of the truth, but you only have to follow the breadcrumbs to even make a suggestion like that. Sure. Am I off my rocker? Yes. Could I potentially be 1,000% wrong? 100%. Absolutely, and more than likely. But for the slim chance that Square Enix, who we have heard that wasn't doing so great financially, Microsoft was potentially looking to make a big splash in Japan, all of the what I'm saying points to yes. No matter how many times you shake the Magic 8-Ball, it just keeps saying yes. Did Microsoft buy them? Yes. Did Microsoft buy them? Yes. Uh, again, I don't know. I'm just I'm just having some fun with it. But it's interesting. Uh, again, Outriders, day one. Octopath, day one. Final Fantasy VII hints coming, you know, day one. I mean, I don't know, man. And now they're hosting 
the the event I, I listen you know with we the old saying is where there's smoke <laughs> there's a potentially a flame but we'll see um we had a super chat come in also from a good friend of the show very generous friend of the show michael Cullick drops a very generous ten dollars super chat and says i'd like to see what the slip space engine can do over time with halo before they consider swapping it for id tech the first reveal trail is showing the potential of Slipspace really impressed me. I think Slipspace is going to impress all of us. I think I, I have, I've been saying this for a while. I think we're going to really be treated to something special with Halo Infinite. Um, and after being involved in this tournament for the last couple of weeks, and obviously my team is going to be playing this Saturday at 3 p.m. against uh, Green Pass Gaming to make our way to the finals, uh, I have to say that the as as great as some of the classic maps and stuff are in Halo, wow, is it dated. Um, and uh, man, um, I cannot wait to play some next-gen uh, Halo Infinite uh, multiplayer. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they bring to the table, both for the single player and, of course, the multiplayer. But we have Archimedes here. Now, Archimedes, welcome. I don't, not, I'm not sure what happened. I think Good it might have been the time change. What's up, Boxer yeah. Bear? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm uh, sorry for the delay. Uh, apparently, you guys in the US have already changed the time. We did, we, yeah. Yeah, we in Europe are doing that in two weeks. So oh. that was the problem. I'm, I, my apologies. Uh, no, I didn't that's know. okay, dude. You know, yeah, and, and know. you know what? That's my fault as a showrunner. I should have been like, hey, Archimedes, you know, last Sunday, time change, does it affect you? I didn't even think about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I was still in a, in a, a meeting at work. So <laughs> that's why I couldn't get off. Uh, earlier but uh, i'm happy to be here on the show now uh we have some awesome topics um i mean it's it's been a fantastic week for xbox uh some fantastic news so yeah can't wait to discuss everything well you know what we're gonna we're gonna grab your ear right away uh we were talking um about the uh, about id tech uh being the true exclusive to the bethesda deal i wanted to get your opinions on it because you know we have a couple of people here who understand technology well well much better than i do and of course that's why we invited kirby louise today because you know obviously he is working with xbox he's building his own engine and you know three bit is obviously in the business and, and vj you know vj i would i, I don't want to embarrass you but i would say he knows everything so let's uh what, what what are your thoughts on that um do you do you think that the id tech in itself uh, is the, is is like the true exclusive to Bethesda besides the uh, you know the incredible IPs and the teams that build them? Uh, that's a that's a really good question. Um, did did um, Kirby already answer? <laughs> no, he did. He <laughs> that, did. Yeah, mm -hmm. he did. Okay, so I I missed it, and now I hope that I don't say anything uh, uh, that contradicts uh, <laughs> that. Um, but um, by the way, first time I'm on a show with him. Uh, we have chatted a couple of times, but um, we have never been on, on an actual show. So I'm happy to be on a podcast with you, uh, buddy. Um, yeah, it's good to be with you, too. Um, I was looking in, forward to this. Uh, one of my videos about the, the whole Bethesda topics. Um, I mean, it's a exclusive. The, the, the whole deal, and people really don't talk about that much um, with Bethesda. Uh, it's not just about a couple of exclusively to the um, to the to to the Xbox ecosystem. It is m m uh, about a lot more. Um, there is also the technical side where the 
engine comes in of and i i say something about that in a second but there are also a couple of other things they have now additional people for marketing um for publishing there's a lot of knowledge within the whole cenimex slash bethesda organization Yeah, Archimedes, I don't know if maybe there's something on your end, but you're coming in broken up. So maybe you want to jump out and jump back in. Hmm. Yeah, I was hearing that too. Yeah, I, I heard him pop out a couple of times. Maybe he doesn't hear us. Uh, three bit, if you wouldn't mind, uh, just throw him a message real quick. Um, yeah. as, as uh, cause uh, I think he might be having some technical issues and we'll get, we'll get him back in here to give us his thoughts. But listen, folks, why we get that sorted? Uh, obviously, we have a show to run. We're running, we're already past the first hour. And listen, we have almost 500 people here. Of course, I want to say that if you are uh, new, uh, please consider subscribing to Double Barrel Gaming. Um, we do uh, a lot of work here. And I say we, I mean like I have a team. It's, it's literally just one person. It's a one-man show. Um, I do four live shows weekly, two of which are Xbox uh, and, uh, and, and the other two are multi-plats on that bookend, the Tuesday and Thursday Xbox shows in, of course, primetime gaming on Friday, on Monday evenings and Friday mornings. Uh, of course we have breakfast with boom and this breakfast with boom is going to be a big one. Uh, hopefully you'll tune in. We have two big guests, um, that are going to be joining us. Jamie Moran from the UK, obviously, you know who he is as well as Noof Nukem. From Gaming After Dark, uh, you know that show, and obviously, if you don't know who Nukem is, my God! Um, but you know what? Let's let's get into the the breaking news that I have in front of me, folks. And this this comes uh, the way of uh, Xbox uh, com or Xbox com, and it's regarding the confirmation of the March twenty sixth event. Now, why this is a big deal is because we heard from Paul Therat of therat.com earlier this week. And uh, of course, Jez Corden of Windows Central, who did a follow-up story, both of them, um, you know, agreeing that there's something was happening, but this is a big deal, folks. This is a really big deal because uh, we saw what uh, Sony did. Uh, and ag again, if you enjoyed the show, Absolutely, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare challenge you. I say, good on you that you enjoyed the show. I gave it a six out of ten. I thought it was okay. Um, they did not sell me on one of their big games coming out, their big exclusives in Returnal, which PS, by the way, was just delayed until April thirtieth, um, and that's unbelievable because that game was supposed to launch relatively soon. Um, and uh, the other games that they showed were some of them were really good, and uh, like for you know, it's, some of them were like, oh, okay, you know, I, I, I've seen, I, you know, I'm not that interested. Um, but uh, then we saw Nintendo's um, a very, very lackluster direct, and I think why I walked away disappointed, even though they showed some Zelda stuff, um, was this was the first big Nintendo Direct since September of 2019. Like, this was a really supposed to be a big one. And I walked away ho-hum, giving it a 6 out of 10. Um, but now, now, folks, um, outside of what Microsoft has been doing, and, and, qu and quite frankly, I mean, can any Xbox gamer not just sit back in complete awe and just just marvel at what has been announced in the last couple of weeks. I mean, talk about a way to open up 
2021. Now, normally, if, if you know, obviously we have 500 people here, folks, you know, we, we're, we're, we're scrounging around this content creators to figure out what the hell we're going to talk about. And it seems every other Monday, Microsoft just gives us double and triple and quadruple doses of it. And uh, today is no, no, uh, today is no slouch. Today is a big deal. So this is what it said uh, to open up on um, the, uh, the conversation. It says here, we at ID at Xbox, the independent and digital games publishing program for Xbox, love indie games. It's in our blood. Technically, it's also kind of in our name. Turns out our friends at Twitch also love indie games. When we found out that, w- w- when we found out that, we thought we got to collab. So I'm thrilled to announce that the first Twitch uh, first slash Twitch gaming showcase with ID at Xbox is happening on March 26th. And we and it says here, it's, it's talking about, it, it says what? We are featuring tons of independent titles, including brand new game announcements from developers and publishers such as Drinkbox, Curve Digital, Devolve Digital, Dear Villagers, and others. During the showcase, we'll debut new trailers and gameplay for more than 25 games, including Stalker 2, Second Extinction, The Ascent, The Wild at Heart, um, Void Train, XO1, and many more. We'll also be making announcements about independent titles coming to Xbox at Xbox Game Pass. Community favorite Twitch streamers will host the showcase and conduct interviews with the developers, take fan questions, and maybe even drop some game codes. So let's let's let, let's immediately go to um uh let's see we got do we did we get Archimedes back yet? Let me see if he's back. yeah he he's waiting in the okay, lobby. Me, I, see the Archimedes right. there, brother. Yeah, I'm back. I'm sorry. What an awful way to start a podcast. (laughs) Listen, dude, you're here. That's all that matters. Listen, uh, whether you know it or you got a chance, you were listening in the green room and we got you in here. Uh, Microsoft on Xbox Wire announced the confirmation of the March 26th event. Uh, And for you and like myself who appreciates games, no matter what their size, um, we uh, they're going to be talking about uh, 25 plus games of the biggest indie titles to come to Xbox and Xbox Game Pass, which includes Stalker 2, something that you've been looking forward to. Uh, Second yeah. Extinction, something that I have shown on this show many times and I cannot wait to play. Are you excited to see what they're going to be dropping? And again, Archimedes, this is another bomb drop in a week that could have been packed with nothing and they just continue to drop i mean think about it we had news monday news tuesday news wednesday and now thursday we have this when when is enough is enough but more importantly are you excited to see what they're going to be doing on friday march 26th oh absolutely absolutely um like you said xbox is really on fire lately um we we get news drop after news drop they are not stopping and that just shows you how much they have to talk about i mean it's obvious that they don't fire every bullet uh, they have uh, just uh, willy-nilly in march yeah there is so much more to come over the year and if they can drop these kind of news basically on a, on a more or less daily basis um or weekly basis um it's just awesome um Oh, I think it's cutting out again. Yeah, yeah. He's having a bad time, folks. Uh, this has been one heck of a show uh, for sure. 
Uh, Archimedes, brother, I don't know if you hear us. I think you're going to have to reset your equipment because uh, we cannot hear you. Uh, sorry about that, folks. These technical issues do happen, but we're going to keep pressing forward to bring you the best Xbox Factor podcast, uh, even though we had a couple of technical hiccups. Uh, 3-Bit, let's, let's get to you because you know what? You have... Um, you know, you work in the industry, and you also understand what it is to be considered indie, smaller than the. You know, it, it's much easier when you have a big corporation backing you and getting to get you know to push your you know your content. But ID at Xbox does something really well. What they do at Microsoft, what they do at that team, is push content that would normally get lost on something like, for instance, the Switch. Or even yeah. PlayStation. They sometimes don't do a good job of showcasing some of the small talent. Well, Microsoft does a really, really good job. Uh, are you excited to see what they bring to the table on, on March 26th? I am. Um, and I was actually just watching a documentary, I believe a few days ago, where it featured a lot of different indie developers. It had uh, the developer of Braid and... Um, can't remember the other one it was like super meat boy uh, if you guys have seen that one's pretty good um and they had like the xbox arcade back then and yes. that's when they really uh back then heavily invested in indie developers i, I i'm yeah for sure <laughs> I, i'm always for indie development uh kirby is it i'm pretty sure indie developer um and and the, the thing is People always try to, uh, I guess, like more of the casual crowd tries to downplay indie games. But I, I think um, I think indie games are, they can be very experimental to something comparing it to like a, a AAA budget game where things can feel uh, very uh, strict in certain ways. But I think you can really innovate a lot with indie games for sure. Um, but yeah, this event looks great. Second extinction just looks like a blast, right? <laughs> just like uh, dinosaurs fighting each other, and, and you who doesn't like, want to who doesn't want to get in the, yeah who doesn't want to get in the middle of a tri triceratops fighting a tyrannosaurus with guns? I mean, come on. Exactly, <laughs> that game just looks fun to play. Looks like a, a a fun game to play on like community game nights. Uh, then then you have uh. Stalker 2, which I'm looking forward to. That game um, just looks just looks next gen. It looks it, it really incredible. does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm looking forward to uh, that and whatever other uh, games are there that I don't know about. And I'm always looking for new games. I, I like to just try things, games I normally wouldn't play. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to experiment a lot right now. Open my mind a little bit. Um, but yeah, I love I love indie games. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, me, that makes that makes both of us uh, do a lot. A lot of the games, uh, I, I would imagine, we're going to see Scorn, right? That's considered that's just being made by a small team. Uh, the Ascent, I am over the moon excited for that game. Uh, there, there's a lot to get excited about. But again, two two of the big ones that I think that uh, I'm glad that they led off with, and actually three because they talked about the Ascent being there was Stalker Two. That was a game we weren't sure. When it's coming in again, I can't, I can't guarantee that it, it's coming out this year, but I believe that everything that they were talking about the last in, in, in the last event, they said would be, re be releasing in 2021. Uh, I hope that we get to get an update on Tunic. I don't know how many people are excited for that. If you're a Zelda purist like I am, uh, the top down um, 
Zelda-esque game for Xbox with a little fox is uh, very adorable, and I actually cannot wait to get into that. That game, being made by one person, P.S., by the way, looks incredible. See, again, that's what I, I think that in itself is the story, right, folks? I mean, sure. Do you want to play a game that's being made by a team of a thousand? We all do, right? That would be considered a triple-A banger. But it's these small little games, like The Ascent. 14 people made that game, and that game looks insanely awesome. Um, uh, Tunic, one person is making that game. Um, you know... Um, Bright, bright memory infinite. We're gonna get, we're gonna get some information on that. That's gonna be there. That's been confirmed by the developer. That was made by a kid that dropped out of high school that wanted to develop. I mean, it, it's these kinds of stories that gets me super, super stoked uh, to be an Xbox gamer and even, uh, even more so, an Xbox Game Pass subscriber. Um, but VJ, let's get your opinion on this, brother. Um, you, we, we got the confirmation of the uh, event. And uh, this is a big deal. Again, it's a, just another drop in the hat for Microsoft, but a big deal. And, you know, on top of Microsoft already stealing Mindshare, and it's something they had a hard time doing in the Xbox One generation, they are just knocking it out of the park with strategically placed news bombs. Mm-hmm. And this is another one. What are you expecting from the uh, March 26th event? Um. My mind sort of drifted off elsewhere, so it was really interesting because we were talking about indie games last night on a podcast and so on and so forth and how important they are. I mean, looking at publishers, you know, over the years, pulling back on on heavy investments into, you know, new IP, right? Um, you know, and especially when they're costing 100 million, 150 million, 50 million, whatever, they're big numbers, right? I mean, it's not small change. Um, where will uh, Where else will gamers look to, you know, for inspiration? Um, and and adventure, I would say, and games that engage your imagination. I mean, you only have to look at Square, right? It's hurting with the Avengers losing, what, $63 million, you know, when it was supposed to turn a profit, and they're scrambling due to, you know, poor pre-orders in terms of Outriders and have had to strike a deal to redeem some of their capital investment. And it's really interesting to see Microsoft, you know, people ask me sometimes, you know, how much does um, Microsoft possibly pay for these games? And I'm saying, you know what? At one point, it was a seller's market going six to 12 months further down the line, perhaps even sooner. It's going to be less and less because it's going to become um, a buyer's market. And I think that is a masterstroke from Microsoft. I don't want to go too off topic, but EA, Activision, Konami and Capcom are not innovating as they once were. And And I'm talking back, you know, from games like Parodius, you know, which was amazing back in the day. Even the cover art was fantastic. Anyway, um. I think we have to look to first party and uh, we know content is king. IP is king, no matter how it ends up being deployed in the future, perhaps, you know, via Wi-Fi to a chip in your brain, who knows? And, <laughs> but, you know, M- Microsoft, what do they have? IP, um, uh, intellectual property and um, 35 studios producing content. And I think that's then game for every, that's what should the, be the end game for everybody. So, well, that's capable of, um, of of doing that, right? And we've already seen, you know, with Google um, uh, Stadia, right, why they're suffering. And I said at the time, you know, when it came about, I said, look, yeah, it all sounds great, fantastic, but content. Um, and any, you know, a three-year-old can point to that, right? So um, indie games, for me, is where I look for inspiration now. And perhaps future AAA games, as I said, from uh, first-party 
uh, studios that are producing them. And we know that Microsoft have got them in abundance. And then you add to that, um, and when I say, you know, AAA, you know, game productions, and I include India in that, I'm not referring to budget or, uh, or profits, right? Uh, AAA means very different things to um, to different people, and especially in the games industry. To publishers, it may mean, well, it's a AAA budget, or did that game have a AAA return? And I think that AAA is sometimes banded around, you know, and given out like chocolate bars or sweets, you know, when it's, <laughs> it has to be earned, um, you know. And for me, look, just uh, if I'm speculating here completely, boom, but. Hollow Knight Silk Song and 12 Minutes have been on my wish list for so oh, long. Oh, yeah. 12 Minutes is another one, dude. I hope that's there. And I, w- I, would, ima- I would imagine it will be. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard you mention it so many times. And I know it's been even on our topic lists on various shows. And for one reason or other, we, you know, time and the other topics have taken up, you know, so, so fantastic opinions. We've never quite got to it. But I'm, I'm sure we will. Not a problem. And Hollow Knight Silk Song, I'm yearning for. I mean, the former, you know, in terms of Hollow Knight Silk Song seems to be out of reach to the initiate and well-versed, but, but I can dream. But to your point, Boom, uh, the last point that you made in terms of what the hell is happening over at Xbox, um, because this is like, you know, March is, you know, the, the new month for Christmas for many. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, but when it's not even Easter yet, right? So whatever Xbox are planning, one thing is for sure. They are in most cases moving in the right direction, but now seemingly at pace as well. And uh, let's just leave it at that. No, I mean, and great, great, great point. Uh, and, and you know something, you know, I mean, ca- calling it calling it Christmas is 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 a modest, because uh, Christmas is you know you you everyone runs downstairs, they open up the packages, you know, we play with our toys, we fall asleep, right? That's that's what we do. But Microsoft, man, it's 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 like a present every day. And we have we had four days. We have four, I mean, listen, folks, I'm no mathematician, right? But this is the fourth day of the week, and we've had some news drop. Now, depending on what you consider to be big or not, is uh, is entirely you know up, up to you right that's your that's going to be your opinion on it but four days in a row of xbox news uh keeping you know themselves in the news keeping themselves on the on you know in, you know in the conversation on these particular podcasts is a big deal um uh archimedes do we have your back sir I I do hope so. Uh, I <laughs> I have to apologize. I I have restarted my router router now. Um, yeah, I hope it's fixed. Um, so yeah, uh, I hope so. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? what why we have you? Why we have you? I have to catch up some of the super chats, but I do want to get your opinion on this. Uh, and uh, you know, finish your point on the twenty uh, sixth of March being confirmed yeah. for the ID at Xbox. Uh, again, it's a big deal. Um, and uh, some of the indies, and, and it's funny because when you say the word indie, there are some people that are going to equate some pixel art kind of a thing, right? Oh, 8-bit pixel indie, yeah, right? But when you say, yeah. you know, Stalker 2, when you say The Ascent, when you say 12 Minutes, when you say Second Extinction and, you, and, and Scorn and you keep going down the list, indie has really changed what indie means, are, are you excited to see what they bring to the table? Because remember, we only got a taste of it. They said 25-plus games. 100%. 100%. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, I mean, it's no secret that I, I am a big fan of, of indie games. Uh, it really doesn't matter to me whether a, a game is developed by a AAA budget uh, and a huge team um, or if it's a, a solo project like um, Song of Iron or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I it's it's good games can be developed by a single person. Um, we have experienced that many times before, and some of those indies um, that they have already announced, like the Ascent, like Second Extinction, um, like uh, Hollow Knight, um, Silk Song. I'm I'm with that with WeChat. This is one of my most anticipated games. Um, I can't wait <laughs> to play that. Um, yeah, it, 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 there's just so much uh, in, in those games. And especially these smaller uh, teams can um, afford to take a little bit more creative risks um, because they don't have to, to cater to that million uh, gamer audience. Yeah, They can go more into, into certain niches um, where they... They can experiment a little bit more, and and that is why um, I'm I'm super excited to see th where these games are heading. I'm surprised by the few titles that they uh, announced uh, that will be on the show that they consider them indie games. I know, as, yeah, as in smaller yes. games, as a Stalker Two um, is is something that I wouldn't consider to be an indie game per se, but. Um, I'm glad to see it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I mean, Second Extinction looks like a spiritual predecessor to to um, Turok and uh, Dino Crisis uh, and The Ascent. I've said it many times um, on Twitter on uh, on in my videos. Um, this is, is probably a sleeper hit. Um, this looks like a Diablo meets Cyberpunk kind of game, and um, from all we have seen, it it, it just looks like a, t a ton of fun to play. And so, yeah, I'm super super hyped. And I think, um, and and with that, I, I want to finish and leave the other <laughs> something else for the for the other guys to discuss. But the the awesome thing besides that we will see these kind of games is for me that Microsoft is really. Um, giving them their own spotlight. Yes. Because um, some of those indie titles have been highly neglect neglected because they they were just under, uh, overwhelmed by the the uh, in in those um, E3 kind of events when we usually get those 5 minute sizzle reel trailers and you see 20 seconds of of like um I don't know 50 uh, indie games um and and then after that, they show a trailer for the next AAA banger. And, and after that, all the spotlight that the indies um, should get and deserve um, is gone. So I remember um, talking about uh, that on, on this particular show, I think like a half a year ago or something, uh, where we said that Xbox should do exactly that, give them their own event, their own spotlight, and then really let the developers talk, show them some, uh, give them the chance to show some gameplay, give a little, give a little room and a little, um, sp um, yeah, a little bit of that, that excitement that is always surrounding these gaming events um, uh, to the indies. And I'm really glad that Microsoft is is doing that. That also means that they have a lot of other stuff left to announce for the year to come, yeah, which is also exciting. Yeah. Um, you can really tell that they want to stay in the news. Um, they don't want to have that one big event where where the hype is super high and then after that uh, and before that the hype is gone. They want to want to have a certain level of hype in the community. Uh, you can tell that they, they roll out each and every week the news and now they give uh, certain games um, of a certain size, a, a chance to shine uh, in a dedicated event. I, I love it. Um, it's fantastic. 
Yeah, I agree. You know, there's one particular game that I was looking up while you were talking that I just cannot remember. I hope somebody in the chat could help me with this or somebody on the panel. I'm not sure if it was The Long Night. It was a side-scrolling cyberpunk game that kind of looked like Flashback that's been in development for a while. Um, I got to see if I could somebody pull up in the chat. Let me see if anyone could. Uh... Where's the indie gamer when you need him? Yeah, right. no, he, yeah, he, he would. Well, as a matter of fact, he, as a matter of fact, the indie game. Let me, let me give him a shout out because he's he's a good friend of the show, good friend of this community. He dropped an incredible uh, the ascent video yesterday, uh, which oh, yeah. I uh, which I watched yeah. was fantastic. fantastic. Are you talking about uh, the last night? Boom, the last night. Yes, yeah, thank you, you, sir. Thank you so much for that. Yes, the last night is a game that I hope we get some clarification on. They've they've had some troubles with that game. Uh, I, it's a very, very small studio. Uh, and I know that uh, I think it was E3 2018 when we saw that on the Xbox stage. So Xbox is involved in that game. I hope that we get some information on that. But along along of other ones, uh, you know what, uh, Kirby, before I get to you, brother, I do got to catch up with some of these super chats um there, there's been quite a few of them so let me catch up and i'm going to get your opinion on this and then we're going to move on to the starfield topic which i'm very interested to talk about because thanks to jeff grubb we got some information on on that as well as from the head of the studio uh the uh next super chat comes into us from jd gamer generous friend of the show he says this after dropping a five dollar super chat what if microsoft wow this is this is this is this would be something else what if Microsoft buys Crytek and then ends up having the Slipspace engine, IdTech, and CryEngine with all the technical expertise of those items and, and the coalition? It would be domination is what it would be. Uh, that's, that's, that's the only, thing I, the only word I, that comes to mind. Uh, Pixelbit G in the chat drops a very generous $2 super chat and says, Xbox new, tang, new tagline should be hashtag more. I agree with you for sure. Um, Rocker Corey. Thanks for being there, brother. He drops an outstanding $2 super chat and says, Xbox has too many games should be the new tagline. Indeed, it should be. Uh, so po uh, Sifu Poetic X Initiative drops a very generous $5 super chat. Thanks for being here, Sifu. He says this. This should be this should be a good show. They've got the messaging right this time. Now throw in a surprise and boom. Yeah, indeed. And, and maybe we will we will get that. One more at the end. Um, Lord Roughness, good friend of the show, he drops an outstanding final zoom chat and says this, second extinction and stalker two, sign me up. Xbox are, are just all over mind share at the moment. Keep giving us more indeed. And JD Gamer drops another final super chat. Thank you, JD. Actually, drops two more super chats, one for five. He says, imagine Xbox with Bethesda, WB Square, all under one roof with the addition of Techland, People Can Fly, and uh, 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 coming to Xbox Game Studio. Hashtag the Book of X. Man, if they could, again, the square thing, I'm going to keep pushing that envelope. It's, it's, it's just I feel like that they, they have an announcement coming. And I think that Square Enix, I mean, think about it, folks. To get off topic. But if you want to make a splash in Japan, if you want to really make a run for the crown, what do you do? Do you, do, do, you, do you start your own studio and you try and get people in, or do you buy a Square Enix? I mean, wow, if that, in fact, is the case, because that 
would be the level of a Bethesda for sure. Uh, his second super chat of $10. Wow, dude, thank you for that. He says, about Mindshare. I think about how PlayStation tried to strike back this week with the Jade Raymond, but Xbox keeps going. They they woke a sleeping bear, and Microsoft not only learned, but they are becoming the masters. In, well, yeah, I mean the Jade Raymond story is big because I, I think she's a she's a force to be reckoned with. I mean, um, her new studio is I uh, you know is is you know again I'm glad to see that she's back on her feet after the state Stadia fiasco. Um, and uh, the fact that she signed with Sony, wow, that's a that's a big sign uh, for sure. Uh, Paul Grant in the chat, hey Paul, welcome to the show, my brother. He drops an outstanding ten dollars super chat and says, "Have a great day. Thanks for the great content, boom and panel." Well, dude, thank you so much for that as well. Uh, Kirby Louise, let's, I, I want to specifically get your opinion on this uh, because you are would be what the industry would be considered indie. You're building an engine on your own. You're doing things your own way. Um, how big of a deal is this show going to be on the 26th of March for Microsoft? And is this something that they need to do more often to get these smaller games, the spotlight that they need? Um, I definitely think it is a big deal, but it, Sorry, I think my mic's a little low. But um, yeah, for, sorry for the re it, for reasons that you might not expect. Um, is that uh, because I think the latest state of play and the fifty minute direct, which just gonna say, really bummed there wasn't the Switch Pro slash two there. Yeah, but that's another story. Um, because those were were letdowns. Now it's kind of like all eyes are on them and. It's just going to. It's kind of like, kind of like uh, the PC gaming market. Whenever a new GPU comes out, it's like people are like, "What about availability? What about availability? What about availability?" And it's like nothing else matters. Like, like the product could be great, but you know, if they don't deliver on availability, people are tearing them a new one. And if they don't, and in the same, you know, idea here, if Microsoft can't deliver on a, a good show, I think people are going to be unhappy for honestly no fault of microsoft's but you know because of the kind of the events leading up to this from sony and nintendo were letdowns so one i think they have to get this right um and the stakes are very high two uh what was the other question you asked me again sorry well, no, it, it wasn't so much a question. I mean, it, 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 you know, is this something that we need to see Microsoft do more often? Because okay. obviously, oh, ID, right. I, ID at Xbox is not just a, 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 a you know a shot in the dark for them. It, it's a big deal for Microsoft, and I absolutely love this program. I think they should have at least two of these per year. Yeah, the, I, I think they definitely should um, at least you know keep keep up what they're doing, if not more, because a lot of ID at Xbox. Uh, published games are day one Game Pass launches because as we know Game Pass uh, boosts engagement and makes yes. developers a lot of money and indie developers are they like that and um, it would be a great way to just just keep pouring on the Game Pass you know uh, train and just keep it going and just more games than, than anyone could possibly handle um, to make the service an even better and better value and, you know, obviously sell them more subscriptions. Um, I uh, Let's see, what else? Um, and 
especially now that this, I think they have a good chance at this because if they're going to be debuting games like Soccer Two in it, um, because uh, I mean I've been a a big uh, kind of PC gamer guy for many years now, and uh, to hear that Stalker is coming to consoles, I am extremely excited about yeah. because that that is like like that was one of the big games in the PC gaming community for i don't know for for quite a while oh, yeah absolutely um, and uh i guess personally i'm also excited um as a developer in seeing you know looking at what some of these games are going to deliver and uh things i might want to kind of uh i not, not rip off or steal but like clone for my engines um as well as you know games that i would you know like to see people like those kind of games be built on Void 2D and Void 3D in the future once I can finish it and release it. Um, you know, just kind of a, a brainstorming session almost for a developer like me. Um, and I am sure that I would not be the only one who thinks that way. So it could be this kind of snowballing effect where if Xbox shows off a huge variety of indie games um, and in other indie developers are watching, that makes them want to you know that incentivizes them to develop for xbox and then they have more content for a new indie show and then even more developers will be able to possibly see that and you know become inspired or desire to develop for xbox and the cycle repeats over and over again like i said it's just snowballs and this could be a very good thing for both uh microsoft as well as gamers yeah yeah if i could jump in on that too. sure absolutely um, jump in completely relate to what he just said um, I, I think indie games in, in general are, are just uh, it's like a beacon of inspiration for even triple A games. I, I know for sure that happens where a triple A game will look at what an indie game does, because in indie games, people have to think about it. You don't have the budget uh, as a triple A game for sure. But what you do have is you have a lot of creativity to try just different things that you wouldn't be able to necessarily do in such a, a huge game. Um, indie games are um, very, I wouldn't say, I would say experimental in, in, in certain ways. Not, not um, every indie game is it even looks indie. I think indie is a interesting term because it can ver basically vary on different budgets like and you could still have an, an indie game but have like a pretty small team and and maybe their budget is still like a million that would still be considered an indie game but you can also have like one guy like um like with bright memory infinite right yep but i i think um with this showcase i'm glad xbox has sort of a history of supporting uh these indie studios uh, it goes back all the way to, like I was saying before, like the Xbox arcade games where they really <laughs> was promoting those uh, developers and basically changing their lives. Um, so uh, it, it's, it'll be really cool to see uh, different games I haven't heard about and, and also um, some ones I am expecting, like Second Extinction, uh, Stalker 2. I would love to see Scorn there. Scorn has been in development for so long, <laughs> and I know that guy. He, he's working very hard on the game, so looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah, jump, jump, jump on in there, VJ. Yeah, I, I would argue 
that the game that's being the fantastic game that's being showcased on um, on the stream right now, Boom and Obsidian, I would argue that that is an indie game because the end of the, the end of the day, what is the definition of an indie game? And I think it's to do with when you're beholden, whether it's your own personal savings or uh, our unscrupulous um, large publisher that unless you hit milestones, unless you do what they say, your next milestone paycheck may not come through. So if you're beholden to external funding, you are an indie developer regardless of the budget. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, I, I actually recorded this footage. Uh, this is the 60 FPS uh, mode that, that that was added to um, the Outer Worlds. Uh, yes, mm -hmm. it was yesterday or Tuesday. Um, and... Uh, and and I got to say the the new DLC dropped, um, which I from I was I was led, I was under the impression that it was in fact in uh, Game Pass. Turns out that it's not. Uh, I had already had pre purchased it when I bought the uh, deluxe edition, so I, I, for me it was ready to the download, um, which you saw the opening of it. But yeah, it, it is running as you can see, running so freaking good. It's incredible. Uh, um, yes, just so you're aware, you I it's probably because you have like a free stream stream link account but what you're broadcasting to youtube is only 60 frames per second or 30 frames per second sorry only the people in the panel can see the 60 frames per oh, second. oh you know what i i you'll know because if youtube's like quality settings it'll say 60 next to it'll say 720p or 1080p 60 if it's oh, a 60 okay. fps broadcast so just we, wanted to let you know that. Well, you know what? Thank you for the uh, for the clarification. And obviously, coming from someone that knows the numbers, I definitely appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, again, if you if you if you have first of all, if you haven't played the Outer Worlds and you are a fan of Bethesda games, my first question is, what the heck are you waiting for? Uh, it's in Game Pass, and uh, the, yes, they did add the sixty uh, FPS mode, which is like I said, it, it just makes the game run so much better um i can confirm i have also started uh the outer worlds again downloaded the dlc the dlc is awesome by the way and it runs so good and the image looks so much sharper and i want to give a a huge advice to everyone out there um go to the um graphic settings and turn off the chromatic aberration it works miracles if you turn that off oh okay um, nice. the, the game looks so much the, the the image looks so much more crisp when you do that, um, highly recommend to do that. Nice. Well, I'll definitely take that. Take you up on advice for that for sure. Uh, I we we I did send an invite. I saw your three, but I saw that Mav might want to jump in from 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 oh, fun yeah, yeah. speculation. I sent him the invite. You know what we'll do is we'll come back to him if he does get in here again. This has been one heck of a show for a lot of reasons. Sometimes not the best. We had some technical issues. We had people drop out. Joe went to, uh, left early. He had to go, you know, do the uh, the the Square Enix stream. Zemi wasn't here. Obviously, you know, sometimes cluster fucks happen. And hopefully, you're gonna <laughs> you'll hang around long enough to hear what we have to say. But you know what? Let, let's. Let's start talking some Starfield. Let, let, let's keep Bethesda in the conversation, if you don't mind. Um, and, uh, you know, on RDX, and again, who does not watch RDX? I mean, you know, obviously, Dealer and those guys over there, they're all friends of mine. Um, I've never met any of them personally, other than Colt. I met Colt and his wife at E3 2019. Colt's a good dude, man. That guy, the successes he's having is just... It's 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 well worth it's it's really nice to see the good guys win and dealer and everybody on that panel is just not, nothing short of amazing. But um, this week, if you missed the episode, they had a uh, Jeff Grubb uh, from uh, obviously, I mean, who doesn't know Jeff Grubb from the, you know, uh, coverage that he did last year during his um, hot game mess 
um, podcast that he would be doing. He's also a part of Venture Beat. Uh, and, uh, you know, Jeff is a quality, quality dude. He was on the show. And one of the most uh, biggest nuggets that got picked up by all the trades is when he said that he is 90% sure that Starfield is going to show up at E3 uh, with with followed by a, a gameplay introduction to the title as well as a release date. Now, obviously, Todd Howard is notorious for doing these kinds of moves. Basically, he did it with Fallout 4. We got a video. We got a trailer. We got some gameplay. And, we said, um, and, and before we can even think otherwise, he gave us a release date, which was four months later. But... Um, what uh, for me personally, Starfield is a very, very big deal for a lot of reasons. Uh, we have the suspicion that is going to be an exclusive for Xbox and PC. I know there's been some uh, some talk within the community, even people, even uh, you know, favorites of mine, Greg Miller, seems to think that it's going to release for both because there might be a contract uh, that would that we don't know about. Um, and uh, I'm with Paris Lilly of the X-Cast. He believes that it is going to be exclusive, and I think it has to be on a lot of levels. Uh, one, uh, it's going to drive engagement towards the Xbox brand. Uh, two, it's going to do gangbuster numbers for Xbox Game Pass. And three, it is going to be another feather in Phil Spencer's cap. Uh, for a big title that's releasing in 2021, I, and, and again, I, I believe we get it this fall. Uh, I'm not sure if you if you missed it or you didn't. I personally think that uh, this is this is what I believe the fall is going to look like for Xbox and and the fans. I think September we get Forza Horizon Five. I think in October we get Starfield, and November we get Halo Infinite. Uh, talk about, and again, this is just my opinion. I don't have any inside knowledge to this. It's what I believe is going to happen. So take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt, but could you just imagine what nine, that those 90 days would look like? And, and again, folks, we have to think that on top of those three games, we're getting The Ascent, and we're getting Scorn, and Second Extinction, and potentially Stalker 2, and 12 Minutes, and just and just keep going and going and going. And when you package up 2021, besides being a terrible year once again because of the pandemic, for gamers, my God, it's going to be incredible for sure. No doubt about that. Um, but listen, I want to continue with the story that I pulled regarding... Um, the uh, next and, and and folks, this is the first big uh, original IP from Todd Howard in a decade. This is this is a big deal. Uh, it's the first IP in twenty five years. Oh, you said twenty five years. I said a decade. So there you go. Thank you, sir. Um, uh, Bethesda Game Studios managing director Ashley Chang has shared a little bit of information on the development practices behind Starfield and the Elder Scrolls 6. Now, we still don't know much about the games, but we do know that they're both they both fall under a broad open world RPG umbrella Bethesda is known for. Now, during the Bethesda Microsoft briefing, um, Ashley Chang said the team. Uh, working on Starfield is uniquely positioned to succeed because the developers themselves have worked together for years and they've worked on open world RPGs 
in both the Elder Scrolls and Fallout franchises. So here are a couple of quotes from Ashley Chang, who is uh, heading up what's going on on Starfield. She says this, Today, the team working on Starfield have all worked on several open-world RPGs. This is, this is a shared experience and chemistry that doesn't happen overnight. It takes a long time, and it takes a lot of hard work. As we work on our next-generation games, I can think of no better place to be than here at Xbox. No matter how crazy the idea, the team at Xbox always just says, yes, let's try it. Xbox has been a great partner, always ready to help solve problems like figuring out how to optimize performance and push the hardware as much as we can. Now, I'm going to go to Boxer Bear first on this. This is exciting news. Uh, and the more that they talk about Starfield, uh, Archimedes, I, I, I'm starting to have a strong suspicion that this game is releasing. I know some people are going to challenge me on this, but I would beg to differ. I think that we've heard so many of the executives talk about this game even before we knew what was happening with the Bethesda and the exclusivity thanks to um, uh, you know, uh, Phil Spencer clarifying that during this event. What are your thoughts on this? Are, are you excited that uh, that we could potentially get Starfield in 2021? <laughs> am I excited? I am I'm beyond excited. <laughs> uh, everyone knows how much uh, a fan of Skyrim and the Elder Scrolls series I am. Um, I think Skyrim was one of the, or is one of the best uh, games ever made. Um, and I don't say that lightly to, to any game. Um, I have like six, maybe seven games that I would consider a 10 out of 10, and, and Skyrim is definitely one of them. Oh, sure, uh, yeah. And uh, I have played like four or 500 hours of, of Skyrim, so um, yeah, I am excited uh, to see the first um, new I, uh, Bethesda Studios IP in 25 years. Um, that is, is a long time, um, and so yeah, I, I am excited to see what it is. Uh, I have trust in them. From all we have heard, it's a, it's a, a RPG, a single-player experience set in space. Uh, what else do you need? Um, that's that's really <laughs> that's really something um, I can't wait. And I think that is exactly what what Microsoft needs because we have heard. Um, Many many times, um, Xbox is just Gears, uh, Forza, and Halo. And yes, this is a, a single-player game, a mature game. Um, uh, it's it it carries a lot of weight coming from the Bethesda studios. So that's exactly the kind of exclusive that they need. Um, since Cinemax was the publisher, I it's it's hard for me to 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 believe that there is a contract that they have to see through. Um, because they they have they were the publisher, um, they um, I, I doubt that they have an, an uh, some sort of, of yeah contract that prohibits them uh, to, to release the game um, only on on their ecosystem. Uh, and besides that, this will be the first um, game if it comes out this year that is uh, or the first bigger game that is released. Um, from the Bethesda Studios under the Xbox umbrella, and after the the statement from Phil last week, um, or yeah, yeah, last week, um, we it would be weird to me that the first game that they publish would then be not an exclusive. Yeah, 
Uh, so I, I doubt that this is going to be a multi-platform title. We have heard from different leaks and rumors that the game was actually supposed to be a 2020 title. Um, and due to COVID and everything, uh, it got pushed back. Um, so yeah, it, it is not unrealistic that it will come out this year. And like you've said, basically every Microsoft executive has mentioned Starfield um, in some sort of way when they talked about the actual Bethesda acquisition. So that makes me also think that this will be the, the big one um, that they announce um, in, in the typical um, Bethesda way. They, they usually announce their game uh, and then three, four, five, six months later, the games come out. Fallout 4 was announced this way. Doom Eternal was announced this way. Wolfenstein and New Colossus was announced this way. Um, th this is just how they do things. Yeah, they, they wait till close to the launch because they know how big their games are. They don't need that two-year, three-year hype drain. Yeah, it's, it's enough for them to have a couple of months lead up to the launch. And I think that in um, that summer event that they have uh, um, teased, which is probably going, of course, to be around uh, June, where usually we had E3 somewhere in that area we will have that event and then this will be like you said in october probably in october release um and yeah it, it'll be a big win for microsoft like you said um i also think forza i don't know whether it will be forza horizon or whether it will be forza motorsport uh, coming this year but we will get a forza game a halo game and then we have that new ip that uh, single player experience that has triple uh, a written all over it, um, and in addition to that, um, we get uh, another game from Remedy. Uh, we know that um, Crossfire X. You know, People that's another one. Talk that about could, that, yeah, uh, but, dude. Uh, Remedy is making an Xbox exclusive game, a single player campaign for Crossfire X, and uh, this is also coming this year. And I think this this will be what our fall will look like. And the indie event uh, now in March is the is the event that will show us what we will get to play until we have the holiday season and one of the big ones will definitely be Starfield. Yeah, you know what's funny? You mentioned Crossfire. I would not be surprised if that's one of the... Could you imagine that 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 show? I mean, just in some of the games that we mentioned, I mean... And one more thing at the end. And one more thing Yeah, Crossfire X and it will come out, I don't know, in May. Wow. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> It's it's just, you know, it, there's a lot to get excited about. Now, listen, folks, here's the thing. That's a Friday. Um, and you could imagine that uh, Breakfast with Boom is going to continue at its 10 a.m. start time. Uh, what I'm going to wind up doing is uh, doing a second show uh, and running concurrent uh, to the 12 o'clock. I believe it's I believe it's 12. Uh, it's 9 a.m. E uh, you know, Pacific. I believe it's going to be 12 p.m. Um, our time here in, in the East Coast. If that, in fact, is the case, uh, I'll just run two shows that day. I'll run the Breakfast with Boom as a prediction show to what we can expect. I'll get King David to hope potentially join that along with a few other special guests, and then we're going to uh, then I'll transition over to doing a live show. Uh, and now that I've gotten uh, the understanding on how to do the live shows live, thanks to um, 
the uh, CEO of, Stream, uh, of, of StreamYards, which is the, obviously the service I use. I'm going to run that show live as it's happening, and we'll be doing a prediction uh, show before it and a reactions show after. It's probably going to be about four hours worth of, 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 of podcasting for me. And again, if you're a fan, this is what we do. Uh, sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta do these long stints, uh, and I'm looking forward to that show. First of all, let me welcome in Mav from Fun Speculation. Mav, welcome to the program, there, dude. Hey, what's up? I, I think I made it just in time for the outros, right? No, no, no. Actually, <laughs> well, no. We, we, we. Well, I mean, we, we. No, but actually, we're still no, talking about kidding. the the confirmed twenty uh, March twenty sixth event, which was breaking news today. Again, Microsoft keep, keeping themselves yes. in the conversation. You got a chance to hear what we had to say about it. For you, when you start saying games like Second Extinction and uh, and uh, and Twelve Minutes and Tunic potentially and Scorn and The Ascent. And, and all of these so-called quote-unquote indie games being at this event. I mean, we just you know, I, we just keep remembering one after another. Uh, you know, Archimedes just brought up Crossfire X. Now, Crossfire X, folks, has not been confirmed, but it'd be a good spot for it because obviously, even though Remedy is not indie, it still would be a, a good spot to show off this game that we don't know nothing about. How exciting are, first of all, how exciting is this news for the indie scene? And do you like the direction that Microsoft is taking of giving them their own look? Oh, absolutely. And thanks for sending, sending me uh, an invite, Boom. Uh, so if I'm looking at this show, it, it's, it's kind of going along with, hey, Xbox is going to have so much stuff that they have to find new ways to show things, yep. right? And I think this is kind of the start of that, where we're going to see new interesting ways and showcases because they can't. There's just too much to have at like a E3, right? You know, you're going to have twenty. What you have twenty three first party studios now, and several of those working on multiple projects. Yeah, thirty five um, teams. Then yeah. you got the uh, Microsoft Publishing division that's getting third party studios to make exclusive games for them, and also you have uh, just indie games and stuff that like that where they're just deals to be exclusive, right? And so there's just so much stuff to show. You need showcases like this to put a spotlight on all the other stuff that isn't going to have time to shine on the bigger stage. So having isolated events like this is, is a huge deal. Um, Stalker 2 is the one I'm most excited about you, seeing. You along with almost everybody on this panel, dude. Yeah. I, I cannot wait to uh, see more of that because... I like him. We, we need to keep him, boom. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw it, I mean, just, just that, like... That little trailer they had before, I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, this that looks does not amazing. look like an indie team. That looked no. like a triple A. What was the game that was with uh, that was in Russia? That was um, yeah, some of the same uh, devs Metro? that are working on uh, yes, Metro, yes, Metro, Metro, Metro yeah. Stalker Two. Yeah, I, I got a very, very strong Metro vibe from the yeah. trailer. And man, I mean, they they said that that was that was running on the Series X. Could you imagine what the game is going to be and what it's going to look like? And again, folks, we we cannot deny that every one of these games. Every let me just, uh, Mav, I'm going to give it back. Give you the floor back in a second. But yeah, no every problem. one of these 25 plus games are going to be dropping into Game Pass. That is insanely awesome. Yeah, hundred um, percent. 
at the ascent as well. The the crazy thing is our older games are looking and ama- playing amazingly well. Uh, I heard y'all talking about Outer Worlds, you know, which just got a, the update as well. Yep. It, the, these newer games, like we haven't even uh, broken the surface of what's to come um, on Xbox over the next ten years. Right. That this is just this is just the tip of the iceberg, and it. This smaller event that is not, I guess it's not really that small if you have this amount of games, right? It seems like it's, we're going to see a lot of cool stuff. Um, it's just the beginning, right? So then we're going to have whatever they're doing around E3, the stuff that they were talking about with uh, Pete Hines at the at the Xbox uh, roundtable thing they had with Bethesda. Uh, they talked about doing a summer show then. And then I think we're still going to continue to see stuff. You know, and I heard y'all saying in the, uh, when I was driving just a minute ago about, um, you know, the, the outlook for potentially this uh, this fall with having um, Halo Infinite for sure, right. but also probably Starfield. And then I, I, I'm with you. I think Forza Horizon 5 is coming out this year um, as well. Um, I, I think Forza Motorsport is going to be a next-gen only thing. That's yeah. going to be maybe uh, next year or the or the year after, and that's going to restart the whole cycle again. But uh, as far as this year, I think I think we're going to get a Forza Horizon Five, and uh, even without that, that's, you still got all of these other ex- exclusive games that are coming th- this year that are not even published by Microsoft. It's just a, cra- a crazy time, and I can't wait to see a more in depth look at all of those. You know, it's it, it, when you sit back in your chair, right, and and you try to put, you know, your 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 thoughts onto paper about what is coming out in 2021. That's that is going to only be on Xbox and PC. The list is staggeringly large. And what is interesting about this particular event is we only they only mentioned just three titles but they talked about other developers like you know the fact that devolver digital is going to have something there is a big deal they're they're an incredible publisher slash mm-hmm. developer right um and we know that we have confirmation we're going to finally get the chance to play and see what bright infinite bright memory infinite the the not 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 the small taste that we got at launch but the actual official game um along with everything else it, it it's pretty stunning to know that this many titles are coming out in 2021 in a year that has already been ravaged with um, delays. And if all of these games that, uh, and that, and to be fair, a lot of these games were supposed to release last year and they didn't, and they're all converging on 2021. And, and, and again, this, this we, we don't do uh, console war shenanigans here, but we, we have to mention it. Sony finds themselves in a very peculiar position. Now, Nintendo is doing their own thing. They're making money left and right. Who knows what they have coming out, right? People are going to buy old games. I do it all the time. You know, yes, I'm, I'm a part of the problem. But Sony is in a position where they live and die with the first-party game, and for good reason. They make the best in the business. There's just no denying it. But, like, Returnal just got hit with a delay to April 30th, Right? I've already said publicly that I was ultra in, uh, in, uh, excited for a new Housemark game. But Returnal, for me, is not worth 7703. 
I like I'm not going to spend nearly eighty dollars for that game on a new IP. I'm I'm just not going to do that. It's you know money is 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 you know tight for everybody. Um, now we know Ratchet and Clank is coming. We have a confirmed release date for that. Everyone is going to buy that. I'll drop the money because I love Ratchet and Clank. But what we don't know, and and it's pretty much safe to say that God of War isn't coming out this year. It's it's just not because we're all hoping that Horizon the Forbidden West is going to hit us uh, in in the fall potentially. And I have a feeling only because the mocap industry was hurt so bad last year that this is a game that may not be done. It just may not be done in time because of what of what Sony does with their mocap. You know, they're they're the leaders in that field and they always do great jobs. But it's possible. So if you turn around and you let, let let's just say for argument's sake, we pull Horizon the Forbidden West, and their top games this this year for Sony are Returnal and Ratchet and Clank, both good games on their own right. I, I don't doubt they're going to be bangers. But w- when you look at what Microsoft is doing, uh, it is it is a staggering difference. With with you know indie to triple A bangers, Halo leading the charge. It is going to be an incredible year for Xbox. It, it, it I would dare say it might be the best year in, uh, for for Xbox in regards to exclusive titles in a generation. Uh, I mean, I I don't even know. How, I mean, again, we we don't have confirmed dates on anything, but just based on the thought. And, and the theory that we have going on for this particular podcast, it is very, very exciting for Xbox fans. And more importantly, in a year where people are really having a hard time putting food on the table and paying rents, you can afford to, I mean, again, I don't know people's finances, but it's certainly much more attainable for $15 a month as opposed to buying these games individually when you can, if you want. But if you don't want to and you want to take advantage of Xbox Game Pass, you can do that. And every one of these games that we talked about for the last hour of this particular topic are going to be in Game Pass. Folks, it is a big, big year for Xbox. Let me catch up some of these Super Chats and we'll get some outros out here. Paul AFC drops an additional $5 Super Chat. Paul, thanks so much for supporting Double Barrel Gaming. He says this, with Sony looking for more revenue, do you think... They may one day drop some bangers on Xbox. I mean, I I can't say no for sure. I, I, but I, you know, Jim Ryan is very protective over the IPs. It's it's probably why we'll never see Xbox Game Pass go to PlayStation. I think that what you're going to see is they're eventually going to have to pivot over there, and they're going to have to try and replicate what xbox game pass is doing with their 20 plus million and i think that after this bethesda uh deal was confirmed on what's exclusive and what's not i i think they could even potentially be at 25 million at this point and again it's, it's just a shot in the dark but i think you're going to see big numbers i think sony's going to have to pivot and combined uh ps uh playstation plus and place and 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 and, and ps now move them together charge one fee per year or per month and then offer day and day games is that happening in 2021 no uh do do i think it happens next year yes i do i think they're gonna have to pivot uh to, to, to compete that's just my opinion uh we have 
Um, brand Onyx real life situation drops a very generous final super chat and says millions of people still can't get their hands on the new Xbox. You all do the show like we all have new Xbox. Me and my family still can get one. Hey, li listen, dude, uh, we do the show for the Xbox fans and for anyone that just wants to listen to good content. Uh, I'm sorry that you don't have an Xbox yet. I certainly wish that I could mail one to you from me and Mrs. Boomstick. Unfortunately, I don't have the power to do that, but you probably still have an Xbox One X, which will play most of these games. Now, sure, do you want a Series X? Yeah, I know you do, but I, I you know, we don't we don't talk down to people uh, I don't think I'm not sure if that's what you were implying, but I mean, you know, you can still play Xbox. You can play it on your PC, your phone, your tablet, or your old Xbox. Most of these games, including Halo Infinite, which has been confirmed. Um, so again, sorry that you don't have an Xbox. Hopefully, they'll they will rectify that and you'll be able to get one. Um, Andre De Leon, hey dude, thanks so much for being here, Andre. He drops. Now standing five dollars super chat and says, "Love your shows, boom! Always get great panel members. God bless you and your family, brother. Hit the like button, folks. Well, dude, that's very kind of you to say. God bless you and your family as well, and thank you for the ultra awesome support. Listen, folks, I had a few more topics. Obviously, we kind of we kind of hit a bit of a snag mid show. Uh, we had a couple of panel members uh, drop out at the last minute. Couple couple of panel members jump in at the last minute, and of course." I think we had a good show. Maybe not one of the best shows of the week for sure, but certainly one that I want to thank the 500 people that were here. We had 500 people. That's a big deal. That's a big deal for a small channel. Um, uh, Viper XT drops a very generous $5 super chat. Hey, Viper, thanks for being here, dude. He says, late to the show, but damn, 100 games to be shown on the 26th is just crazy. It's good time to be an Xbox gamer indeed. Uh, I believe, I don't know, is, did they say 100 or did they say 25-plus games? All I know is that some of the games they're going to show Viper are dope, and I cannot wait. But let's get to the outros, and we're going to start with our guest, Mav. Listen, what you guys are doing, and I should say guys and gals because your wife is a part of it, and I think that is so freaking cool, dude. Like, that is that is awesome. What you guys are guy, guys and gals are doing over at the Ultimate Xbox Podcast is fantastic. What you're doing on the Fun Pop Podcast on Sundays is even better because you cover a lot of the Marvel stuff that's going on. We just had the Justice League, um, Zack Snyder's Justice League drop today. I'm going to watch that tonight with Mrs. Boom. You got Falcon and the Winter Shoulder uh, coming in on Friday. And you guys talk about that. Tell everyone about these two particular shows and where could people reach out to you on social media yeah again boom thanks for letting me hop in last minute here uh sorry i was preoccupied uh, earlier but uh <laughs> dude love to talk about all these games and uh holy crap I, I i just real quick i just read that uh id at xbox slash twitch gaming and more than 100 games from independent there you go. developers so he was right viper xt yeah so there yeah. you go viper thank you for the hot info see breaking news dude i i i i have Three screens open, so I, I and that's not one of the ones for, for news. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just, like I, I think indie games are. This is like an indie game showcase. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, but uh, yes, you can check out Xbox Ultimate uh, Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, where we have uh, my wife Caitlin, and we also have Three Bit. Uh, you know him very well, everybody. Uh, Pong Soul, you guys know him very well as well. <laughs> uh, we got Psychonauts. And uh, hopefully making a return very soon. 
is uh, Assassin Lupa. Yeah, I saw her so, jump on social media for the first time in a while. It's good to see her back. Yes. Uh, so that that has me uh, very, very excited. So um, we're, we're looking forward to bringing you that show every Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. And it covers all things Xbox. But also, as you mentioned, we have another podcast that we started up, me, 3-Bit, and Psychonauts. Did I mention Psychonauts is on the Xbox? Yes, did yes, I probably, did. Okay, yep. so yep. yeah, also uh, me, 3-Bit, and Psychonauts is on uh, Fun Pop. And we just moved the day, boom. So it was Sundays, but because of scheduling issues, we're moving that to a late Thursday night show. Oh, nice, dude. Excellent. So tonight, Excellent. we are going to be all Snyder Cut, Justice League talk. Nice. Tonight at... Uh, is that 1030, 10, uh, yeah, I believe? Like yeah, 1030. 10. Uh, and we're going to have a blast talking about that. So everybody, please join in uh, if you can. If not, that's fine. But check it out at the Fun Speculation YouTube channel. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Fun Speculation. Well, thanks so much for being here, jumping in. Even if it was for a few minutes, definitely appreciate that. Uh, next up, Kirby Louise, brother. Thank you so much for coming in, hanging out with us, giving us your technical knowledge about the id tech uh, being the the big exclusive on top of everything what they did with Bethesda. Tell everyone about where they can reach out to you on social media, strike up a conversation, and what do you got going on, brother? Well, first, thanks for having me on, Boom. Uh, sometimes it can get kind of lonely with, uh, with what I – do um but uh yeah i can be found at uh, twitter at kirby zero louise or you can find me at github.com slash kirby zero louise for my you know programming and development related stuff um you know feel i always keep open dms so feel free to send me a message um about well anything pretty much and i'll try (laughs) to get back to you uh when i'm not at my part-time job uh on the weekend but um, yeah, it was great coming on here discussing uh, tech with people, talking about the potential. I am super excited for the future of Xbox and PC gaming with this, uh, with um, possibly ID and the and 343 and the Coalition stuff working together, um, and all the new upcoming technologies from AMD, NVIDIA, and Intel. Uh, and uh, yeah, I guess that's all I have to say. Well, thanks so much for being here, brother. Definitely appreciate the technical knowledge you brought with you. I know we definitely got to get you back on the show for sure. Next up, 3-Bit. Uh, obviously, tonight you're going to be doing uh, some talk about Zack Schneider's um, uh, The Justice League. And obviously, we're hearing some early reviews. It's amazing. And that doesn't surprise me because, quite frankly, Zack Snyder is a visionary. I hope that this is not the last thing we see from him on uh, HBO Max. I hope that they do... Uh, I'm going to be hashtagging the Zack Snyder um, verse uh, should continue. Uh, I think that's a hashtag that's going to be gaining some ground because um, I'd love to see him take on the uh, the Batman and maybe we can get Deathstroke, to, for, you know, Batman versus Deathstroke on HBO Max uh, because yeah. what they're doing, what they're doing <laughs> over on in the WB in regards to DC, uh, not so good. So hopefully they will continue with it but tell everyone about your channel where could people reach out to you and strike up a conversation and what other shows are you on dude yeah there's a lot going on right now um 
today, uh, of course, we're on the Xbox Factor every Thursday. I think we're talking with Steve Downs in an hour or so. Oh, yeah. Yes. Dude, 3-Bit, yes. I forget. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, is going to be amazing talking to him. Uh, he, that dude's my hero. So uh, that will be in an hour uh, with Four Guys with Quarters, another show Mav is on. Um, Fun Pop is later tonight. I've already seen the Snyder Cut. Wow. Uh, good stuff. <laughs> I, I'll just say that. <laughs> um, you guys can uh, follow me on Twitter. It's the VGHD. My YouTube channel is the Video Games HD. I just made a pretty funny video uh, animating a CGI film. Yeah, it was, it was funny, dude. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. And that was just for fun. Um, but I, I have some more coming up uh, in the future for sure. Um, so you guys could follow me on there. So uh, thanks so much to the panel. You guys are awesome. And, and uh, the chat. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you for being here, brother. And definitely pre- love having you on e- uh, each and every Thursday show of the Xbox Factor podcast. And last and no way least, the the one individual that I believe brings a tremendous amount of worth to this show each and every week that he's here. VJ, what do you got going on, brother? And where could people reach out to you and strike up a conversation? Um, I just wanted to just quickly speculate on Starfield if I could. I'd be really sure. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Because I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Since Mass Effect, I thought that this guy. Would I didn't ask you about about Starfield. Did I, did I skip over? No, no, we skipped the the topic at the yeah, end. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just wanted to say I was doing a little research, and um, the 25th of April is um, Todd Howard's 50th birthday. So perhaps, perhaps something is or was planned um, and to occur in and around this date. And just as Indiana Jones, you know, was revealed for on uh, Phil's birthday on January the 12th, I'm just being a little humorous here. Perhaps it's a running theme of falling into place right before our eyes, you know, with uh, Xbox and Bethesda's uh, executive management birth dates being the driver to showcase re- showcase reveals. And, and I love that theory. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, it's, uh, it'll be frightfully novel and propitious. So anyway, but anyway, um, you can find me here on Thursdays, uh, Stubbs uh, Midweek Gaming on Wednesdays. And uh, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Removable Sanity and Everborn Saga. Uh, for some reason, I've been coming across them quite frequently over the last 10 days or so, and, and boom, they've been absolutely fantastic, um, you know, podcasters. And uh, yes. direct, honest, well-rounded, no, hold bar- no holds barred opinions. Come what may, excellent stuff. And uh, thanks for having me on the show as always, boom. Oh, thank you for being here, brother. Definitely appreciate you being a part of this show each and every week. But listen, folks. Uh, again, you know, if you're new to Double Barrel Gaming, you enjoyed the banter. This this may not be have been the best show uh, to show off the talent that we all have. Uh, again, we had some hiccup uh, issues. We had people drop out at the last minute. Apologies. No, 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 stop <laughs> it, dude. Listen, technical st- technical crap happens all the time. It's I mean, listen, if it if it can happen in a multimedia billion dollar company, it can happen on a little mom and pop or mom and grop shop uh, kind of a podcast. So uh, obviously, you can tell I'm a fan of Greg Miller. Um, but listen, if you're new. Give us a second chance or, or, or go check out some of the shows we did earlier. This week for Double Barrel Gaming is packed. Uh, we have breaking news segments left and right. Uh, this is the fourth show that I did live for over two hours. I'm doing another two-hour stream tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time called Breakfast at Boom. That show airs on Fridays, every Friday. We have a lot of great topics. We're going to be talking about PlayStation VR, what we've what, what they just announced today. We're going to be talking about Jade Raymond and what she did um, for uh, you know with, with with her new studio and how she signed on. And more importantly, we're going to be talking about I think <laughs> is uh, Phil Spencer. 
uh, there was a story that dropped about Phil and how his um, ideology and dedication to third party exclusives has changed. And uh, uh, folks, I, I, I think we're going to start seeing some big bombs for third party exclusives, not only showing up in Game Pass day and day, but being exclusive to the Xbox. I have a whole story that we're going to be breaking down the uh, to open up the show. Hopefully you guys and gals will tune in tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. But again, folks, this has been a great show. If you're new, consider subscribing. If you're here before you get on out of here, I plead with you, please. Hit that like button. You don't understand. For small channels like mine, it is a big, 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 big deal. It gets me into the unknown region known as, of course, the uh, algorithm of YouTube. And you know what? The little guy's got to eat, too. And if you like the quality and you want to help push this channel to get to 10K, because we're close, folks. We're close. Um I can do that with your help. But listen, I'm going to close out the show with something that's important to me. Hopefully, one day it'll be important to you. And that's something that my dad taught us very often when we were young. And he said this, son, treat others how you want to be treated. And also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules, and I can guarantee you, you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone. We'll see you next week on the newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. I-